0: Welcome to the HU Pirateship Podcast. Welcome to the H.U. Pirate Ship Podcast. You can find us at www.hupirateship.com where we talk about the Pirates. It's year four, year four and episode number 47. I'm your host, Big Greek, along with Hampton Knight from the H.U. Pirate Ship. What's going on, Hampton Knight? Are you ready for homecoming?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm definitely ready, but, you know, I've been, I've been looking at that weather, so... <laughs> I mean, I got kids, so... I mean, at this moment, you know, it's looking like it might be a no. And plus, since Hampton uh, televises its games now on ESPN Plus. So, yeah, I will be watching.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm on the fence. You know, I, I got family and stuff, so I can just head down there on a moment's notice. But I, it's still up in the air, but it's just a heavy no. It's also got some daddy stuff to tend to this weekend here. So, um, but you know, like you said, we can catch it on TV and we'll break it down uh, for the folks who will be there uh, or watch it on TV. So, yeah, on this episode, we will get folks ready for the homecoming game against Virginia University of Lynchburg. Man, that Lynchburg. Anywhere Lynchburg. <laughs>
1: and it, and you said it's an HBCU too.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is an HBCU
1: <laughs> in Lynchburg. Yeah, I think oh, they, they have
0: uh, 205 students. Oh my God, I mean... I, don't know. I, under,
1: I understand that this was a scheduling, you know, we just needed a team to play. But, I mean, there are high schools but at the AA level that are more are, – that are larger than their school. Matter of fact, let's say a quarter of the football team – you know, football teams feel, what, 95 players? Nine, I mean, a quarter of that football team is like – what, almost three quarters of the, half. I mean, like, no, yeah, almost half of a student body. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, it's crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I mean, this is hilarious. But, <laughs> I mean, hey, and this, is, uh, it's just, this one year is an anomaly. So, let's just, you know, keep it at that.
0: That's right. So, we'll get folks ready for that game. And then uh, we'll um, continue with our, our new feature that we started this year where we talk about the Pirate. A great football greats for the past 30 years and this week we'll talk about the wide receivers a deep group there and then the uh, Big South basketball preseason awards and uh, um, uh, awards and predictions came out today so we're going to talk about the men's and the women's team real quick there so pack show quick show and uh, let's get to it so homecoming 28 man so we both uh, on the fence, leaning towards no ongoing, but if you were to go, man, we, we're. I was looking at a lot of the events, um, and a lot of the big events are being planned by folks that were there when we were there, so um, like the big party is Sub Society Blue uh, party with the lifting as we climb, that's um, a lot of football players actually yeah. uh, associated Shout with out. that.
1: Shout out to Curtis Blackwell, C
0: Black. <laughs> that's right. And uh yeah. Siraj Hassan, yeah, we're computer science together, so he puts a lot of that stuff together too. So that's usually a good good deal. If I was going, i would try and call him, see if I can get in. And then there's the um the grown home and grown party with DJ Envy and the fuzz. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, me and Envy, we stayed in uh James Hall together in and the ghetto. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff going on um, for anyone's going. If I were going, I would try and get into these two events. Um, but yeah, check that stuff out so everybody goes to party on to the game. Let's see. So, Virginia University of Lynchburg, the Dragons. Not much to say about them here tonight. They are members of the National Christian Collegiate Athletic Association, they are an HBCU out of Lynchburg, Virginia.
1: They with two hundred and five students, that's right. continue. Yeah,
0: how does that, that work? But that's yeah. Somebody explain that to us one day. Uh, they had a uh, they lost their notable losses of, or teams that our folks might be interested to. They lost to Bethune Cookman seventy nine to sixteen, and they lost to Charleston Southern fifty eight to six. So uh, the Pirates are going to win this game. The question is, by how much, and how do the Pirates execute? Uh, I don't think it really needs to get too fancy as far as looking into this game. But what what are your thoughts on on VUL, man? I mean, this sh- this ha this will be a win. Is just how and what does it look like?
1: Well, I mean, we watched them. Well, I'm not gonna say we watch because I don't think they have the capability as of right now to <laughs> to showcase their games. Uh, but from what we have seen looking at their schedule, you know, the blowout loss to Bethune Cookman, 79 to 16 and Charleston Southern uh, 58 to six, you know, it just kind of begs the question as you know, this will definitely be a win. But what would we consider a, a win that we feel comfortable with, you know, like, um, what will be a win for this offense, you know, I mean, Point-wise, you know, I think uh, we watched us, uh, we pummeled Lane, Lane College, uh, a a couple of weeks back. But, you know, I heard Robert Prunty, what Coach Prunty said, you know, I know everybody wants us to beat them at, you know, in the 50s and the 60s, you know, but we're still, you know, trying to, we're still trying to get the offense right. So hopefully they've had a bye week and I'm hoping to see uh, not just an explosion, but just the fact that, you know, a solid ass whooping really, you know, yeah. and I hate, to, I, hate, I, hate, I hate to say that, you know, just like, okay, just put your foot on their throat and just keep it there. And I um, I, I mean, the defense, we, I mean, we've seen the defense, they, they can play lights out. I just want to see the offense to be able, like just what we saw at Presbyterian, you know, they ran the ball effectively all over that Presbyterian defense. They ran through the tackles. They ran outside. You know, they ran a lot of good RPOs. So, you know, just more of what we've seen. And then hopefully, I would love to see him just run rough shot over this. This, I mean, I wouldn't call this a, a university. I just call. You know, how can you be a university and you got two hundred and five? Students. I mean, Morris Brown College, I think, got more than that.
0: I don't get it. I, what What is the purpose, right? I mean, is it just to play sports? Because I mean, they they do host other sports. So like, are is everyone there an athlete? Maybe it's like that's a, what, a sports that's team. What,
1: Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Because my younger brother, who is an athlete, he went to a uh, sports academy in Atlanta called Atlanta Sports Academy, which was founded by a Hamptonian, by the way. Mm. Uh, so. <laughs> Um, shout out to uh, to Poots Carnell, Harry Carnell, and <laughs> a couple other guys. You know, I, you know, Big Ira and uh, Damon Damon Dawson, Ira and, Ira and Damon Dawson. You know, they founded the Atlanta Sports Academy, which was similar. You know, a lot of these kids that go there, you know, in hopes of getting Division One offers. But that's what I don't know if that's what this um, this uh, program is. But I do know that. This season, you know, for the Pirates, it's just an anomaly because, you know, we had to pick and choose, you know, we, just, I mean, we didn't have a, a a lot of the teams to pick with, so we just need to feel a schedule. And plus, let's be honest, our our alums just want to see a massacre on homecoming. Everybody feels a little bit better when that score is, you know, not because it's a win, but the fact that it's a massacre. <laughs>
0: that's true and 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 uh knowing our fan base which per, like most people won't even know if you told them they were in the big <laughs> style for of the me <laughs> they'd be like okay they're HBCU cool like that's most most people will not even know man which is kind of But
1: sad. this is the funny thing though i remembered when um, cuz my dad he's a he's a big follower of the SIAC football when they went he went to savannahs first Savannah state's first game as a meac uh team member and you remember it, he's sitting in what ted a wright stadium and a lot of the uh alums you know they were in the stadium and they were like looking at the programs it was like hold on why we ain't playing albany this year <laughs> what fort valley at <laughs> and then you know everybody you could just hear the murmur of the crowd and then someone said you know y'all moved to the MIAC. what <laughs> oh man, you know, and you know how, you know how uh, those older, you know, black brother alums, you yeah. know, like I know, I know, I'm gonna call Leroy, the AD. I know I'm gonna talk to him. I'm gonna get squared away. We're gonna be back in the, uh, the SIC next month. And, you know, <laughs> it, it was just like, it was like, how do you not know? You know, yo, I mean, you on, you are on every campus function. But you do not know that, you know, you guys went to the MIAC. And so now what's going to be funny, I bet you next year all the Savannah State and when they go to the game, <laughs> they find out, hold up, we're you. We ain't playing FAM this year. Right. So we ain't playing Bethune. What? What's going on? We, we playing Morehouse now? Yeah, Man. you guys went back to Division Two.
0: you know. So. <laughs> I still see it on Facebook and, like, some of the pirate groups. They were like, what? We ain't in the MIAC no more. <laughs> it's like <laughs> – we ain't playing Howard this year? Huh.
1: Like, no, first of all, you only want to go to Howard game just so you could, you know, just kind of socialize. And, and I mean, that's what it, it's all about. But at the same time, no, a lot of us want to see a football game, you know, and to be honest, I hate Howard, you know, just like I hate North, Norfolk State, Stank or whatever you call him. But, I hate Howard a little bit more due to the fact that I just, you know, they're the people that, you know, just, if you are successful, they don't want you to be successful. Whereas Norfolk state is the guy that works for you. And at the same time, you know, <laughs> you know, you could just, you know, you just talk to him any kind of way, but you still don't like them.
0: Now. Yeah. You, you know why I don't like no, Howard. I mean, they have the best smack. Talk. Oh my God! Man. But they have
1: they have no reason to talk smack to anybody, you know. To be honest, man, I mean, we I we we do not need to go down this road again because it's not that time of the year for <laughs> us talking about Howard. We
0: got to make but, it up.
1: <laughs> yeah, we got to make it up. I'm just gonna say this, Howard, you're
0: underachieving. You need to do better, and I'm dead serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. We'll say we actually we played him in basketball. We could save it for then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, we got to get some folks in the big sma- big south to talk smack about. First, we got to find them on the net, man. I'm trying to find.
1: Yeah, um... uh, none of them. Charleston Southern, you know, they don't really come out, you know, on the on online. Uh, Monmouth, same way. Presbyterian, they're like we out. So <laughs> Liberty, I'm sure they had the biggest probably presence, and since they've left, you know, it's kind of like. Yeah, Hampton is the only only social uh is the only team on these blogs that are speaking. Everyone else is just kind of like whatever. Yep. Yep. It's crazy times.
0: But uh yeah, but we'll talk about that uh big south when we get to basketball cuz that's coming up soon. So yes, Hampton will win, hopefully the sun the weather holds up at least for a nice game and then go party. So yeah, so, yeah that's that's pretty much it for the football game. So, yeah, let's move on to something uh, uh, more interesting. Um, so we're going to continue with our series of the best Pirates of the past 30 years on the gridiron. Um, this year, this week, we're going to talk about the wide receivers. So Hampton has had a deep uh, set of wide receivers come through in the past 30 years or so. Uh, pirate fans will remember some of these names and then we'll get into Um, some of the details on who we think is the best and why. So, I mean, some of the big names, remember, Marquay uh, McDaniel, uh, Zuriel Smith. Um, These guys are from the 2000s. Jerome Mathis, Jeremy Gilchrist, Andre Jones, Michael Jenkins from the 90s. I would throw Rayshon Proctor in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Recently, throwing TJ Mixon. He was sniffing at the pros. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, we've had some really good receivers come through. So I think we've talked about them enough over the years. I think we know who my favorite is, but Knight. who who do you got, man? Give us some, some information on these guys.
1: Well, you know, we're going to, let's just start when, I guess, when we first, uh, got to HU and, um, we knew, well, I knew definitely knew about Mike Jenkins and, oh man, He was the type uh he was he kind of reminded me of an athletic des bryant you know i mean he was you know he he had that long stride and you know once he got the ball in open space you know one he he basically just created he just created space and he's athletic where you know you he basically didn't get in a lot of separation But once – I think it was Roy Johnson and Matt Williams, you know, once they got the ball to him, you know, he can just do a lot with it. So, you know, I'm definitely – put him in the discussion. But, you know, we all – when we always think about H.U. receivers, we're always thinking about guys like Marquay, Jerome Mathis, you know, uh, (laughs) uh, Andre. But, you know, we also got to talk about guys like Mike Compton – you know, uh, to me, he uh, I think was a little underrated because you know he wasn't the burner like Jerome was, or he didn't have the uh, I would say he couldn't run the routes as well as um, as a um, as Marquay or Zuriel. You know, but he he was a sure-handed guy. You know, so he I would put him. You know, I I you know he's a guy that I think that you know I would put him in a discussion, but he's just there. But just to be honest, though, Zuriel Smith, man, to me, it always comes down to these three: Zuriel Smith, Jerome Mathis, and Marquay McDaniel. And those three, you know, I'm not going to say it's a toss-up because you know they bring something different to the table. You know, Zuriel, he was a burner, but he also, you know, he he returned kicks, punts. You know, he was probably one of he was a really good route runner, and you know. We've watched them just torch defenses, and then you know, of course, and then you got Jerome Mathis. I think he was more just athletically. He was probably the best receiver eight you had. You know, he was. You know, he. I remember I spoke to Marquay uh, not too long ago on on, on Twitter, and he said, you know, Jerome basically <laughs> go routes. You know, fade routes. You know, he basically. I mean, he told you what he was going to do, and he still did it and caught the ball. So, yep. you know, so I think that he was probably athletically the the most gifted receiver we've had, you know. And even when he went to the league, we watched him run back numerous kickoffs, you know, with the Texans. So, you know, I, I think that he, you know, is definitely in the discussion. Then, of course, you got Marquay McDaniel. To me, I think he was one of the most complete receivers we had. Because you know, if you looked at him, you know he returned punts, he returned kicks, he played in the slot, and he played in the outside. Mm-hmm. And I think he played with um, uh, he played uh, of course, but he had Princeton Shepherd throwing him the ball. So yeah, Princeton Shepherd throwing him the ball. Then he had T.J. Mitchell at, for sometimes, um, for some games throwing him the ball. And then his offensive coordinator was Fred Kice. And who's the other um, the the OC we had for one year? That was the great um, the, the high school guy.
0: Oh, the guy out of uh, Virginia Beach.
1: Yeah, Lansdowne. Lance Town. Lance yeah, Town. Town. Yeah, yeah. He came. Oh God, we're gonna be talking about that. Man, what we missed that name? guy,
0: man. If we could have <laughs> yeah. held on to him, man, goodness. Yeah. Oh, if Chris, we Beatty. Had...
1: Chris Beatty, Chris Beatty, yes. Yep. Yeah, and he really he he basically like. He had offense down to a science if you watched them. You know, if you think about it, because they were passing, I think, for I think what 275 a game and running for like one, you know, like one one sixty a game that year. I think that was what, 2007, mm-hmm. You know, and then they were running uh I think the play the play counts were like thirty-five to thirty-five run pass. And it was insane. He had it down to a science. And so I think Mark Waite benefited best from that system. Whereas I think you saw Zuriel Smith, you know, it was kind of the you know the old Joe Taylor regime of, you know, ground and pound, you know, because he had, you know, yeah, Montreal Coley in the backfield, you had Mike Jones, you had the Mayor brothers, then you had Derek McIlwain. So you had all those running backs. And then you know, so you got to make sure all of you defeat those guys first before he even got the ball. So he got a lot of play action passes. You know, he, and you know, I just think that the offense was it was tailored to him, but you know, it was more of a running style um, offense during that time. So I would say Zuriel and Marquay pretty much are you know at that top two. And then, you know, we got to throw in some of these younger kids that we had, you know, TJ Mixon, you know, I think that he probably was versatile, you know, because he had the speed, he had the athletic ability. He used to play quarterback in high school. I just think what happened to him was once he got injured, I think he just was never the same. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely put him in the discussion. And, you know, I have two, you know, other dark horses that we we haven't talked about. Um, Warren Broughton and um, uh, Kevin Teal and Rayshawn Proctor. And if you know Warren Broughton, you know, he was a burner, but his hands were suspect. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And we're always going to talk about him in the Circle City Classic, where I think he had – had to get about five, ten steps on her, uh a defender, and it was just a simple, just a you know up pass, you know, it's just a simple go route, and he dropped that ball. So, but then he'll find, then he'll turn around and catch like some of the hardest balls you've ever seen. Yeah. And so that's why I think that kind of keeps him out of the discussion. And then um, we're talking about uh. Uh, Rayshon Proctor, I just think that he had that one breakout year, so I don't think that is enough, you know, uh, footage or just enough stats for him to actually be considered in that discussion. So, I I would just say my top three and my top three to four in no particular order. I'm gonna have to stick with my loyalty. Zuriel first, um, then I'll take uh, Marquay. And I'll take Mark. And and this is the thing. Marquez spent I think what ten years in the um, ten years playing professional football, ten <laughs> to twelve years.
0: Yes, CFL, so, right?
1: Isn't he FDFL. like a, like a legend up there? Yeah, he's a legend up there. And you know, i I think he probably you know in Canadian uh, Hall of Fame football, you probably will get in. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would say that Zuriel and. Uh, marquay i would say are the top two you know everybody's always enamored with uh jerome mathis but you know jerome i mean a hey, hell of a talent hell of a player but i just think from a complete perspective i would went with zuriel and marquay first and second and then i would pick jerome and then out of that you know it's kind of a toss-up between uh T.J. Mixon and Mike Jenkins, you know, they'll kind of round out the four and five. And then I'll toss in, I forgot to say, and I know you talked about this too, Jeremy Gilchrist. Yep. And ooh, he was really good. I just think that his, he was just t- too his, small. That was just- he was too small. And yes, and I think his senior year was very anti climatic mm-hmm. and that's what I think hurts him the most because he had that one good year that one that junior year where we were just like so enamored with what he was doing and his senior year was a thud mm-hmm. and it's just like I think that had he had a great senior year I would have pushed out Mike Jenkins for him
0: yeah he was good I mean he, he broke a lot
1: of records we sure did. He yeah. sure. But we got we also gotta um say uh think about this too. He had Herbert Bynes throwing to him. And I'm not gonna try and clown Herbert Bynes because he did he he was really good. I just think, you know, he was injured um often a year. And then he had David Legree at some point in time, who I think, you know, who we really liked, but they didn't have the chemistry at certain points. And then he just had like you know, hotspots of other QBs who just, you know, were, were they weren't really uh there. You know, I just they, they just weren't really good enough or capable enough
0: to get in him the ball the way he needed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh yeah, so I I agree with um your top three. Um but I would say my favorite player well your top three of Zurio Smith, Marquette McDaniel and Jerome Mathis. Oh, we forgot about Andre. Go oh, ahead. Uh, yeah, Andre, yeah, was <laughs> oh, nice oh, I'm
1: too. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, everybody listening. Andre Jones, no. Nah, I'm taking out TJ Mixon. I'm putting Andre Jones in there. Because, you know, he spent about four or five years in the league. Yeah. You know, bouncing around, so.
0: That's true, man. And, Yo, many of these guys were on the same team, man. They
1: were on the same. Exactly. God. And then the thing is, Andre Jones did not have the, you know, he didn't have the speed of, you know, Smith and Mathis and to some extent, McDaniel, but he was a he ran good routes. He had sure hands. He's more of a possession guy. But he also, once he caught the ball, he could run. You know, he was the type of guy, you know, he had a big body. Yep. So he he went over the middle and he took a lot of passes. I remember him in Orangeburg when he took a uh I think it was like a third and ten and no fourth and ten. And he went over the middle, went high, caught that thing, and took a shot. And my first thought was just like, he's going pro. He's definitely going pro. You can't make that shot and take that shot. I don't care what level of football you're on. And, you know, he just was the type of guy that I knew that, okay, he will probably fit a need for offensive scheme in the NFL. And I've seen we've seen him play at Indianapolis where he caught a, a touchdown pass on, I think, with Monday Night Football. Yeah. <laughs> and – he played um, at um, Arizona, you know, for a couple of years and then bounced around from, I think, Green Bay to Chicago and then a uh, lengthy career at uh, CFL. So I would definitely put him in that discussion, I would say, in that five discussion. I would Mike knock out TJ. and Well, no, I would knock out Mike Jenkins and put Andre in there. So for me, I'm sorry, I have to go back. Surreal Marque, Jerome. TJ, then uh then... Uh, no, I'm, I'll put Andre before I put TJ in there, because Andre made it to the league.
0: That's awesome. I agree with that. I agree with that. So, yeah, I, I agree with all that, but my, my favorite has to be um uh, of course, Jerome Mathis, because, I mean, like, oh, yeah. he, like you said, I mean, they would triple team him. he still beat him. <laughs> I mean, he would outrun them all. he just outrun three men. That's, <laughs> mm-hmm. I But, you know, during that time, I just wish that the offense was a little bit more balanced with Mathis. I mean, because he opened up so much. I just remember that William and Mary game. He's running, getting triple team, and we're just trying to hold on to the ball. And at the end, you know, you start to go for those bombs, but guys were wide open under. Mm-hmm. But that, that's a whole other story. But nah, Mathis yeah. was my favorite. But then I remember Zuriel Smith. Like, you, you didn't want to punt it to him? No. I mean, you couldn't – yeah, I mean, yeah, that was, those are good days, man. So that is a perfect list. I mean, that just reminds me, I mean, how good football was here and hopefully will be soon for the past 30 years. I mean, it's been really good football. Um, <laughs> <have> to... <laughs> It'll be back, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm confident in the current regime that it will be back. I just think for that time – um, You know, a lot of things went in Joe Taylor's favor or in that team's favor, because if you think about it, that was our transition from the CIAA to the MIAC, And we um, had some, and we brought in some really great talent during those times. I would say, like, I'm talking about the 97 through 99 uh, seasons, and we had some really good talent. Then I think we had some the real uh the better talent came in you know from that 2000 to 2008 corridor 2000 to 2009 corridor and man we saw some studs that came in the program so i think you know that is prunty's specialty is bringing in some really good um
0: really good you know recruits like that so you know I'm hopefully we can see that again yep i agree so, yeah, man, hopefully uh have folks, a lot of these guys should be back for homecoming. So hopefully we'll give them something to talk about and argue about. Because I, <laughs> I know the running back uh, uh, conversation uh, was pretty provocative on Twitter. So hopefully yeah. it inspires a yeah. <laughs> similar conversation. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. So, yeah, let's move on to basketball real quick. We'll we'll go in-depth on basketball in a couple of weeks, but as the season gets closer, it's like three weeks away, something like that. But um, today the Big South put out their preseason predictions. Uh, The Lady Pirates have picked to finish fourth in the the Big South, and Kalen Willis made first team all Big South, I guess, as a point guard. And then uh, on the men's basketball team, uh, we're finished to pick third, and Jermaine Marrow uh, was uh, first team All Big South uh, as a guard, I guess a combo guard. So some good talent. Big South is showing a lot of respect. Um, I oft, I wondered today how that would translate to the Miac. You know, I think we maybe may have been predicted to finish first or second because Bethune Cookman is gonna be good. But um, yeah, so we're getting a lot of respect coming into the Big South. I'm interested interested to see. How um, the team can sustain playing against a higher level of competition for an entire year? Um, because in the MiAC, you know maybe the first or second team is really good, um, yeah. but in the Big South, from top to bottom, it's just better. So you gotta have to you have to up your level. Kind of like what you were saying about the, the volleyball coach saying, yeah. that, you know, we have to learn how to compete in the, in that conference because it's a little bit different. Um, you have to compete just a little bit longer, a little bit harder, and we just have to see how the the team, the basketball teams do that. But you know, getting respect, man. What do you think about those, those rankings or the predictions?
1: You know what? Um, I am pretty, you know, I'm I'm definitely satisfied with um with the rankings, and I think that you know Ed Joyner has you know the team on an uh, excellent traje- trajectory, you know, with the players that he has on staff. And the Big South, we know, is not known really for a football conference, but, you know, they have some pretty good basketball programs in here, you know. Um, High Point, you know, Tubby Smith is there. You know, we also got Longwood, Radford, you know, and uh, Winthrop, you know. so mm. <laughs> And we've all heard of these programs. So, you know, we think, you know, I think that, you know, but, you know, I will say this too, the style of play that we've had in the MEAC, you know, does it translate to the Big South. And if we know the MEAC basketball has always been up and down, up and down, up and down. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like our, a lot of our players in the MEAC were like if you looked at the lineups of each team in the MEAC, you would see three oh, three to four guards and a big forward. Right. <laughs> and they're all running, you know, whereas if I've looked at a couple of the rosters from the Big South conference, and I would say each team has a seven, has either two seven footers. Now they're probably slow plodding seven footers, you know, probably, you know, I would say slew foot, you know, can't get out the way type of men. you know, <laughs> you know, I would say the Montumbos of the world without that ability. And I think that Hampton will probably will have to learn how to adapt to that play. Cause you know, From what I've seen in the Big South, for both men's and women's basketball programs, they're kind of, you know, half-court-oriented teams where Hampton, you know, can play both ways, but they love to get out on the perimeter and attack from there because, you know, Jermaine Merrow, who we just talked about as the first uh, um, uh, preseason All-American, you know, he, uh, preseason All-Conference, I'm sorry, first All-Conference. He's, oh, God, his game is situated where he's constantly attacking. You know, if he can get you on that wing or if he can attack going straight through the paint, you know, because he has multiple options where he can just dump off to the big guy down low or he can just take the floater. And I just think that serves him well. And I just think that for the men's team, they're going to have to – they're probably going to spend the very first 10 – 15 games trying to fill their way through this conference and i think that that will probably a little bit detrimental to the team because they're at the point where they're trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work whereas in the MIAC, you just know that play good defense get some steals attack that basket and that was a constant with the game and whereas the big south you know you will see a lot more shooters a lot more uh, set plays, so you know I just one thing that I've noticed on the men's. As far as the women's, the women's is the women's basketball for the Big South is very slow. Mm-hmm. It's very <laughs> half court oriented. Like you would see games that end in like thirty nine, thirty eight. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it's just like oh god. You know, it's like so. I think David Six, you know, with his constant attacking defense, you know. I think that is pretty much suited for that type of conference where, you know, because he he always tries to turn defense into offense. Our biggest issue with uh, his uh, coaching style, it it does leave a lot of our players either injured or tired at the end of the game. And God forbid it's a close game. Then if it's a close game, then we will actually struggle. (laughs) But I do think that uh, we're better suited
0: on the basketball standpoint. Right, right. My my one big observe, uh, observation, I agree with all that, is basically what you said is that the Big South is bigger. Yeah. I mean, their guys, oh, their guards are bigger, got more muscle. Um, their big men are bigger. They're not as athletic like our guy. Our big men will um, catch an alley-oop. You know, get some rebounds, but their big man is going to do some some pick and pops. They're going (laughs) to do they're going to do pick and rolls. You know, they're going to be shooting threes. Like you know, so that'll be a transition. (laughs) But
1: they ain't running up and down them courts though.
0: (laughs) No, no, yeah, that's that's when we yeah we can we can run, man. But they you know they just going to slow it down. So you said we'll see, we'll see, but it should be interesting. And the good thing is that at least for me. The Big South, Big South is situated here in, in Carolina for the most part, at least where the, yeah. the heart of it. Is. So there's going yeah. to be tons of games here. Yeah. I mean, I saw on Twitter today the Big South was twindy, trending. Yeah. Because yeah. of the yeah. conference. So yeah, it's, the conference. Because, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, it's just like they have some
1: teams here in Virginia. You know, we, we we see you know they got Radford, you know Longwood. So you know, I'm gonna I'm going to definitely check out a couple of games. You know. I'm still, I mean, I still would love to uh, check out a home game this year. But you know, I will say this too: Head Joiner has really, you know, uh, adapted to I guess the big style of play. Because if you notice, we now have a seven-footer in Pierre Sal, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: um, and we got uh, the six-foot-eleven kid, you know, James Dunlop out of Hargrave. So he put some size on there. Um, I'm just a little bit uh, interested to see how they, you know, they develop, you know, because we've watched Pierre play. You know, he does have some handles for a big guy, but he's a little slow. So, <laughs> you know, I could see, you know, I just don't want to see him in matchup problems. But he can also throw that ball down too. So he, he's a pretty good dunker. As far as the James Dunlap kid, you know, that we have brought in, I would say that he's more of a you know, he's a project, you know, he's, he's a big body, you know, 6'11", 230. So just going to be interested to see what happens with this kid. But we're all we do know that we got Trayvon Barnes, Kalen Fisher, you know, and, he, and Akeem Mitchell. And these
0: guys, these wait, wait, have guys. you seen any pictures of Barnes on the net? Yo, he's been working out. I mean, he's... He, 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 yeah. No. I, I think I saw some, you know, Instagram, you know, just nah, following the message. But nah, man, he, I saw a little muscle on that frame, man.
1: Man, he's six nine two ten. man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dude,
1: I don't remember when I was 210. That's the one. <laughs> yeah,
0: I might have been in middle school when I was two, Oh, ten,
1: God, man. man. <laughs> oh, Lord. I mean, <laughs> oh, I went 210 since. Oh, I, never mind. I don't want to. I would two ten. I would love to be right now. <laughs> <laughs> I agree.
0: <laughs> cool, man. All right, so yeah, so, like you say, so that's good stuff, man. Lots to talk about with basketball. So we'll get into that next couple of weeks, and that's all I got, man. I hope everybody uh, enjoys homecoming this week. Any any final thoughts, tonight?
1: You know what? Nothing. I'll just say for the women, you know, uh, Kaylin Will- Willis, you know. This is her year. She's gonna she's gonna kill it this year. Yep. And then you know my late Haley Holt. You know I'm really interested to see how she develops. And the I would say the sensation that we brought in Alyssa Sweeney. You know out of Stonewall Jackson here in Virginia. And um, I followed her up here, and I would thought that was a very good pickup for you know David Six. And you know and then we got Alexis Johnson. You know out of uh, Fort Myers, Florida. You know. She's a six four, uh, you know. So I'm just I'm interested to see how they um how six gets them, you know, all, all um all together. So oh, you know, I'm like you said,
0: you said earlier, he's gonna run them into the ground. They are gonna play defense. <laughs>
1: well, well, he okay. I'll say this: this is the difference between six and other coaches. He's not Nickelberry. Nickelberry's players are damn near abused. Oh you know? yeah, man. Yeah. Kevin Nickelberry, for all you guys, you hey, don't know. Hey, he's getting sued, man. Yeah, he should get sued, man, because I remember I was in a barbershop over across the street from Howard Joe's Barbershop, shout out to Joe's, and one of the players came in, and I was just like, how do you like Nickelberry? And I'm not going to tell you who it was. First thing he just said was like, man, that – I'm not going to say that either. He just said that <laughs> Nickelberry, which just was very untruthful, and that he ran it out of us and he broke his and the kid broke his ankle like the second practice and had to sit out for had the red shirt and never was the same and you know he just said he just wanted to transfer and this is this is like a top player from howard and this was like about three years ago so mm. you know you do the math if you know who i'm talking about mm. <laughs> so yeah But as far as everything else is concerned, you know, I would love to be at homecoming. You know, I just, you know, we parents. So, yep. (laughs) I was there last year and my son spent the majority of the time in that little tent playing on those little inflatable bouncy houses. And I saw some folks, You know, we had a good time. But, you know, I think and if you were listening, A2, you got to invest in a, I would say a babysitting service or something, Hmm. you know, so the parents can, you know, kind of, you know, do what they want to do, you know? (laughs) You know? I mean,
0: hey. Let me ask your question. Is your wife gonna leave the the kid with the babysitter? My wife wouldn't man. Absolutely not.
1: No. (laughs) No. I mean, no, she won't. But I mean, it's a good
0: thought, though. Yeah, good idea. I I would. I would do it. Yeah. I just wouldn't tell her, but I would do it.